What's up, everyone? Rocco the Comic here by myself, and I'm hanging out with my friends at the Italian Sicilians Do It Better podcast. Make sure you listen, make sure you follow, and non fate stupido. All right, welcome everyone. We have a great show tonight. All the way from the upstate area, Rocco, the comedian. Welcome to our show. How's it going, bud? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to travel back into the city and experience traffic. <laughs> that is always you know, lovely. As soon as I come back to the city, I'm just looking for parking spots. It's one thing we don't have to do anymore living upstate. Or parallel park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a chauffeur. My, my wife drives oh, me everywhere. So come on, you, you don't miss Brooklyn? The people, but now it's eh, eh. it's not the same. No, it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. No. You have a house with an actual garage, right? No, no, I have a parking dedicated parking spot. Oh, okay. So I have a that's dedicated easiest. parking. That's that's the that's the thing. I have a spot in front of the house. Never have to worry about it. There's no alternate side parking. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. You know, people. I play. I pay for an HOA, so they shovel. I don't gotta do anything. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Also, oh, you have like a, a, a HOA that they maintain the property. Yeah, beautiful. Wow. In Brooklyn, I have no idea. From Brooklyn, what? I was barely allowed to use the hose growing up. <laughs> that was illegal for us to use the hose. So I let other people do everything now. So I don't gotta do anything. <laughs> oh, Perfect. I wouldn't know what to do. Well, washing the concrete, something I look forward to every spring. I look. I do it now. Only because I was never allowed to use the hose. (laughs) They never let me use the hose growing up. Like I asked to use the hose and they made it sound like I was asking to drive the car through the wall or something. (laughs) Never allowed to do anything. You probably sprayed down everything and they don't want to bother. Uh, No, yeah. Now I just, everything. I wet the car just for fun. Like, come on. No one's here to stop me. I'm just doing everything. I never did this before. Uh And you just go at it. Stop me and now I'm here. So tell us, how did this journey of yours start and when? It started a long time ago. I mean, I started strictly as a stand-up comedian. In 2010, um, a few people at my job were like, oh, you're, you're always funny. You always know how to tell stories. You should do stand-up comedy. I was like, ah, like, nah, I can't do that. And then I was like, the people kept on saying it to me. So I went to, I started at like uh, Caroline's in, in, on Broadway. I used to have this like training class. So I went there and I did that for a few weeks and then we had a show um at at Caroline's. I mean, if anyone knows, you ever heard of Gianmarco Soresi? Yes. He was in my class. Oh wow. At Caroline's. Wow. So I did the class and I did the stand-up show as a graduation thing, and then I just kept on doing it. Um I was part of all these Caroline's have this March Madness thing and then so I always tell people, I said, if I showed you who was on this competition, you'd laugh because I'm the only name that people don't recognize. Because it was like guys like Nate Bargatze, Pete Davidson, Krista Stefano, and then me. Oh, wow. So you, you know? met all those guys? Oh, yeah. I, was, I hung out with them in the back. They probably have no idea who I am now because now they're too famous. But, <laughs> but you know, they're doing, you know, arenas and I'm, you know, talking to myself on social media. <laughs> so we're all doing well. So, I mean... Then I, when I was doing stand-up, then, you know, we, me and my wife, I was recently, I had gotten married in the middle of doing stand-up, and then we wanted to have kids, and that wasn't as easy as everyone makes it sound. Right. Mm. So then we lost the kid, so I just stopped. So we had a miscarriage, and I stopped doing stand-up altogether. I just stopped doing it. 
It wasn't, so I just wanted to focus on whatever we had to do to go have a kid or Your whatever. Your priorities shifted. Yeah. 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 So then after my first son was born a few years later, I went back into stand-up. But at that time, all those people, like, it was only like a year and a half, two years. But in that time already, everyone else shot up and I was trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I kept on doing that for a little bit. You know, I, I was able to do the Beacon Theater nice. with the... Uh, Craig, uh, Craig Carton, Boomer Assize, and they had a show, and I did the Beacon Theater. I headlined uh, Caroline's as a breakout artist and stuff like that. And then at the same time, I was messing around with memes on, on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, uh, I under, my wife is a very jealous person, but I, I've, very, I've understood that I'm not attractive. So I was never <laughs> quick to, to show my face on social media. Uh, so I did memes. I, all I did was memes. For years, I did memes. I was the guy, the Italian guy who did memes. So I, that's when I started Rock with a comic on Instagram. Uh, then just memes, and then years passed because I couldn't, I couldn't find my, it comfortable doing any videos in person, in like with a camera. I found it weird. I couldn't talk but to myself. Was it yeah. was it a difference from doing stand up and being on video that that made you feel different? Because I there was no one to work off of. So on on stage. You're working off the crowd. So, you know, you have what you want to say. You say it. If something goes wrong, you adapt, you change, you talk to someone. You know, I'm talking to the back of my phone. It's not giving me much, (laughs) you know? So it was just very weird for me. So then I started doing, after a certain time, like the memes, everyone copies memes. You know, they used to take off your watermark and put their watermark on. I I was getting annoyed at memes. So like I was getting angry because people were stealing my memes. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm an adult and I'm here getting mad at memes. I I, I might've stole one or two from you. I'm sorry. Everyone's stolen from me at this point. You're just a part of that. It's all right. So, So I was like, all right, forget it. No more memes. I was like, I gotta get over this thing in my head and start recording stuff. And I think the first video I ever did was like a fake Chantrix commercial. I just sat in a room in my old in my old house in my mother's house, and I just sat in my room and I did a video, and that's slowly. And those were getting more popular because they were me, and then slowly videos. I started doing more videos, more videos, and I used to film all my videos in my old bedroom at my mother's house, right? Because I I couldn't film them upstate because I had the kids were too loud and all that stuff. My mom would actually be quiet. I mean, one funny story I used. One of the first videos I did was a conversation with the doctor, and I was doing it in my my bedroom. And the conversation was that uh, I had diabetes, right? So the whole conversation, if you hear it from the outside of the room, you think I'm talking to my doctor, and he told me I had diabetes. (laughs) So I got out of the room after I'm done filming, and my mom was there, and she's going, Don't you, but what did the doctor say? Cause she so and then, and then my sister goes, but ma, he he was doing a video. No, I thought he had diabetes, and I was like, if he's gonna tell me, he'll tell me when he wants to tell. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm out of the or something. <laughs> he was like just uh, diabetes, because that's what it was. My mom would listen, and then and then my mom would get annoyed at me because when I would make the videos, I would walk around the house and just take props, yeah. <laughs> you know. Because the one video I made was all the bomboniere. So I walked around the house and stole all the bonbonnets. She goes, I hope you put that stuff back after. I said, you're not going to notice regardless. So then after that, you know, then, you know, COVID happens. And then I, I lost my mom during COVID. And then I had nowhere to film. So I, I was like, 
So I started filming upstairs, upstate. It wasn't coming out the same. So eventually I had to switch it up. You know, uh, like I had a, a light like you guys have, and that broke on me. And I used to use that for my green screen. I was like, this is a message that I got to stop. Or something. <laughs> so then eventually I, I, this one time I did, I used to do the voiceovers differently. So then I used to do videos of voiceovers and then I used to pretend to be my grandmother or my mother. And I used to high pitch the voice. And then I got lazy because I, so I am. That's one thing you can say about me is I'm lazy. So uh, sitting down to edit videos is not something I like doing. And that's just when TikTok started, you know, picking up. And I was like, I'm never going to do TikTok. Because you know what? Because TikTok's whole basis was copying people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like TikTok would be one original idea and then 50 people copying the idea. Right. right. And as a stand-up comedian, the one thing you hate the most is people copying you. Right. So I didn't want people copying me because then... I was already getting annoyed at people copying my, my memes. memes. You know? <laughs> I you said, know? I'm sorry. Now that you stole my memes now. Because like, here's one story I had. And it's, it's funny. I'm just going to say, Joe Causey from KTU. Remember him? Yes. He's, I had one meme that was my most popular meme ever. It was uh, Nemo and Dory. And he said, uh, I saw that relax, uh, calm down, the, uh, relax, something, run, hide, the Italians are coming. It was a Christmas Eve meme. It was my most popular meme ever. Mm-hmm. Right, it's still shared to this day. And when I see it, I'm proud of it, but I'm annoyed because I put my real name on it and I stopped putting my real name on stuff. But either way, so one time, Joe Causey is one who stole my meme. He, he badly photoshopped my thing oh out. Oh, my God. So I always remember that, you know? And then, so I was like, that's it. I still have a thing about stealing my meme. So then... Did you ever tell him? Did you confront Joe? I think I messaged him <laughs> once, but you know, in the end, an adult arguing about memes. I know. So it's like... So I was annoyed with that. And then, so I started doing TikTok. I was like, all right, everyone's getting popular on this thing. But again, I'm lazy, so I'm not going to edit and this. And then, so I started doing little by little videos. At first I did little things of like trying to hug a Nutella. I started playing around with it. But what I saw, TikTok was getting more views than anything. Yes. So I did one video one time of me talking to my dad. You know, I would, I recorded it. Then I did that. And those They picked Mm up. People liked it. So I was like, all right, that's easy for me to do. It's literally, it literally takes me like 10 minutes to do a whole video, maybe sometimes five. So I just, you know, that's what happened. So you found your niche. You found that thing where you don't have to bust your ass on doing. Yeah. You could do it quickly and you're happy with it because people love them. Oh, yeah. I do. I love them. Thank you. It reminds me of my father and it, it, so much so it annoys me. It's so relatable. (laughs) It's so relatable. Man, I'm just like, Fuck, man. They're all the same. <laughs> and what, what's funny is because uh, people message me and they tell me, hey, can you tell your dad to calm down? <laughs> you know, there's like, a, just, tell, just tell him to take it easy on you. I, I, sometimes I don't want to break this. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell him. Don't break this spirit. All right. Yeah, yeah, you some keep people, the motion up. I'll, right. I'll tell him, you know. How, how long has your, your dad been passed? Uh, he died in 2019 and my mom died in 2020. So a year wow. apart, I lost oh, wow. both of them. But the thing is, I tell everyone is that the voice is my dad. The paranoia and all that stuff is my mom. Okay. Because in reality, my dad was the calmest guy. He was cool. He thought he was one of the kids. Yeah. He would hang out. He played cards. Oh. Like growing up, we would be playing cards in my house at two o'clock in the morning. My father would come in and goes, 
who wants a pasta? And he would start <laughs> co- cooking pasta. So my dad was not as crazy as I make him sound. Right. My mom was. But the way I figured it, everyone was doing moms, Italian moms. Right. Yeah. You know, everyone was had the wig on, the dress, and all that stuff. I was like, listen, that, let we me all look good in dresses, bro. No, I can't. <laughs> Listen, I gotta go to the big and tall store already for a for a ten second video. I gotta go big and tall dresses. No, they have their own shop. They're called the Dress Bond. Don't ask me how I know. They probably charge you just as much. I wasn't gonna buy no dress and no wig. I mean, I have a wig for a costume, but you know that's the only time I wore it. Right. But no, that was like you know, let me just do dad voice. It's easy. It takes me five minutes, and that's it. So you meshed both of them together yeah. it's every italian i've ever experienced in my life yeah into one character yeah but i play it through my dad yeah you play it well it's so relatable it's it it's is. it's like what he said to you upstairs mm-hmm. like does he know my father like that, that's how he feels because it's unbelievable it's it's unbelievable on the reactions on that those videos you make it's just nuts that they're all the same it's like they all went to school before they came to you and i was like listen this is how we're gonna act <laughs> all right everyone's gotta perform and act this way that's it. We're not allowed to do anything. It's like they all went to school for the same thing. 100%. That's so funny. Now, Rocco, you're half Sicilian? Half Sicilian, half Calabrese. My father would just would be upset. He hated being the Sicilian part. Why? My dad was anti-Sicilian. <laughs> oh, jeez. So we grew up with that anti-Sicilian mentality. He goes, no, you guys are just a Calabrese. That's it. <laughs> that's he goes, so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So you know to speak Italian. I'm, I speak a clusterfuck of Italian. That's what I tell everyone. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, when you speak, you speak perfect Sicilian. I was like, eh, if you ask a Calabrese, I'm speaking perfect Calabrese. Right. Because I grew up with the Calabrese father, that I, but then my nonna, nonno, who my mom's parents were in the basement. So I was surrounded by Sicilian. Mm-hmm. So surrounded by Calabrese, Sicilian, then my uncle was from Bari. So I oh had every God. dialect wow. in my head. Jesus. So when I speak... It's, it's, all a, it's everything mixed. So if Italian, you're Sicilian, Sicilian and yeah. Chinese, you're all in one shot. Everything. everything. <laughs> German, you know? So if you're Sicilian, you pick up on my Sicilian. If you're Calabrese, you pick up on my Calabrese. Yeah, yeah. When I went to Milan a couple years ago and I didn't realize it, everyone I spoke to was like, wow, you're Sicilian. I was like, I didn't realize my dialect was so strongly Sicilian until I went to the north where everyone pointed it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they're so strict on that proper Italian, they'll dissect it. So yeah, there you go. There's your answer. You That's know what where I understood. Right, mm-hmm. it was Sicilian in your videos. Yeah, it's it's a it's mix so of it all because yeah. it's it's that's, I grew up around both, mm-hmm. so I just bleh, whatever comes out is that. They are kind of similar though. Italian it is. They're right. They're right near bit. each other, but don't ever. Right. My father would not be don't happy mix to have heard two. that. <laughs> no, he goes, no, you call a breast. That's it. <laughs> That's all we do. You don't talk because you know why. He goes, no one. The Sicilian, they're gonna. They. There was one movie I think it was with John Candy. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it. That he dated a Sicilian lady, and then his mom told him Sicilian people eat your stomachs. Uh, I don't know what it's. It, it's something. It's a movie with John Candy. But my father heard that one line and really ran with that line. That's but wow. my father used to always tease my mom for being Sicilian. That's all. Is it? Is it true? The the. What do you call it? That niche that they say Calabrese is Sudestadura. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But every they're all. The thing is, all, all the Italians are hard headed. That's why none of us get along with each other. We all hate each other because we're all so set in our ways. God forbid. Yeah, no. That's we so gatekeep true. our own culture and all that oh, stuff. Eh? So ridiculous. no one's allowed to do anything. Who's Italian for this one? You're not enough Italian. Have you been to Sicily? Uh yeah. I mean, 
last time I went to the South, I've been to Italy twice in, in the past few years, but I only went to, to go. I took in January 2020, right before COVID hit. Um, I, I always wanted to go watch Inter play with my dad, but I never got the chance to go. Mm. So I promised that after he passed, I would fulfill. I know that. My, the left side of my face is burning from the Juventus sign and having to stare at Del Piero. So I always promised, I always wanted to go watch a game at San Siro with my dad, but I never got a chance to because he passed away. Hmm. So I, after he died, I promised that I would go and fulfill the journey. So I went, I actually, when my dad died, I cut his piece of his hair off and I brought it to Italy with oh. me. Oh. And then I hid it. Actually, I put the hair on the field. So a part of him would always be there, and I took one of his mask cards and hid it in the locker room, and that was the year that we won the scudetto. So I think yeah, wow. something to do with that. That was really nice. nice. So nice. in 2020, I went to Milan, and then last January I took my kids because I I because after losing both your parents, you you realize do what you got to do now because you can't don't guarantee to do it later. Right. So I always I said I didn't want my kids to say they never went to go to San Siro with their dad. So I went in January. I took my family. We went to go to watch Inter, Milan, all that stuff. Oh, but I haven't been to the South since 2000, since I was in junior high school. Where'd you visit? So I went to Giorgio Ionico. That's where my dad's from in, mm-hmm. in Calabria. And I went to Carini. That's where my Carini. mom is from in, uh, in Sicily. Mm-hmm. Um, but now in August, I'm going to go for three weeks. We're going to go visit Calabria and, uh, and Sicily for a few days. Oh, another thing about Carini, which is funny, in high school, my first girlfriend was Carinese, mm. right? Funny story. He's smirking. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's like hilarious to me. Because my father told me, he goes, don't make it the same mistake I make. <laughs> All right? So this girl was Carinese, and then her father found out about me. As if I'm this bad guy and shipped the girl back to Carini. Stop. No way. Yeah. She, she, she got shipped back to Carini as soon as they found out about me. But just what? found out that you were the boyfriend, that there was something That specific. she had a boyfriend. Oh. Like, like a, wow. what the hell? I was the nicest. I was barely allowed to cross the street. I was the nicest guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so she got shipped back to Carini. And what happens is like three months into Carini, she got pregnant there. So I was like, listen. Hey. You put it on yourself. You reap what you sow, buddy. And that's why my father goes, see? That's so what happened when you did a Karadinsu. <laughs> that's so funny. Always has to throw that shot in. Of huh? course. That's it. And, and every, time we would, every time we would remind you, we would look at my mother and go, you see what a Karadinsu do? You see? Yeah, we made it. Uh-huh. That's why his father goes, we're calabrese and that's exactly. it. Exactly. You don't tell nobody you Karadinsu because nobody likes a Karadinsu. That's what my dad would say. That's hilarious. Because every time when my mom uh, was part of the Karenisic club on 17th Avenue in Brooklyn, and all those people always fought. Ugh. And my father goes, you see? Karenisic, they don't even like each other. <laughs> they don't like each other. What do you mean? They, and no one going to like these people. Oh my all they God. do is a gossip. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. That's good. What's, uh, what's coming up next for you? Well, I got a, a show in Whitestone on March 24th. 24th, I think so, yeah. Um so that's basically it. I'm starting to try to book shows and stuff like that, and you know. But here, but the thing is, I'm a stand-up comedian at heart. So I only know to like if a comedy club books me, I'm there because I just know how to show up. It's this whole new thing of having to book your own show, set up your own sound. I don't know how to set up a microphone and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm trying. I'm, you know, people want me to come around, and I'm I want to come around, but you know, I'm 
I'll get there. You're just going to yeah. show up with a flashlight and a megaphone. Hey! <laughs> I'm here to talk. And here's, a, here's the thing. If we're in the bathroom of your house, that's it's fine. It's the only, that's the only place I could get right now. How, how is the separation? I, we brought it up earlier. I thought it was a good topic where people come to your comedy shows and expect you to be the internet guy that they see. And that's, it's, it's a thing. It's because people f- like you because of the character they bonded with on social media. So here's the thing is that stand that that's not, you can't do that for an hour straight on stage. Mm-hmm. First off, I'm going to, I'm going to become crazy if I'm talking to myself for an hour on stage or I'm going to do hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not feasible. You can't do it. So my stand up is my life, you know, and my life is not just pretending to, to talk to my dad. It's, you know, it's being married, it's being fat, it's having kids, it's doing this. So stand up is my life is everything I talk about. So when people, some people come and they're like, Oh, I thought it'd be more Italian stuff or it'd be, be more. I'm like, that's not stand up. It's, you know, what I always tell people is like the goal is stand up. Social media is what gets the asses in the seats. But it, it, it's, you know, most people get it. Most people like the idea that um, it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same thing because it it'll get boring after a while. Mm. I'm, how, how long can you hear a guy argue with his dad on stage? <laughs> but that's what it is. It's like we see one side of you on social media, which yeah. everyone loves. Then when they see you on stage, they love that other part of you, too. Yeah. You're giving out all these sides of yourself where it's all you. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's a benefit. Mm. Oh, yeah. I Because I, it's more debt. In, exactly. like, more depth to yourself, you know? Exactly. Now, you have done shows in the past, obviously. How come you haven't taken any of those clips and shared that on social media to get feedback? Because I don't record myself. Lanyuso. Remember earlier? Remember Lanyuso? Here's the thing is that people record themselves all the time, and I don't. Yeah. Listen, I my mother was the most negative person ever. I'll fight you on that one. No, she, <laughs> she is was the most negative person. So anytime I'm about to go on stage, I think I'm gonna have the worst set. I'm gonna bomb. Oh. People are gonna boo me off the stage. So I don't record it. So I'm like, if it's this bad, then at least I don't have evidence. Right. You know. So my mind's like, that. <laughs> mind's like, don't record it. Don't record don't it. Record don't. Re-. And then people are like, let's see a video. I'm like, I don't got anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see a picture of like the back of my head from my wife, and that's about it. But that's man. That's why I, I never record the shows. I mean, I gotta start doing it. I promised myself that the March show I'm gonna record. Yeah, you should. But yeah, I'm Dude, just lazy. And, and that's the support system. It's the negativity that yeah. you get. You're like, this is why I don't do what I do. <laughs> well, everything was negative. It's like I. This is, I always start my stand-up show in a similar fashion because I no one believes me when I tell them. Because I grew up in Brooklyn and I moved upstate, but I don't drive. I didn't know, I, I not that I didn't know how to drive, I just never drove. Because yeah. I lived in Brooklyn, you could walk everywhere. And then the second reason is because every time I try to take the car out, my mom thought I was going to crash. You know? <laughs> Typical And moms. then if I want to take the car out, my father didn't want me to lose the parking spot. Right. So I never took the car out. So then when I moved upstate... I didn't drive. Mm. I had to have my wife drive me everywhere. <laughs> Which upstate is the perfect place to drive. You're not worried about cars. You can park in the woods. No one's going to give a damn what you do. You yeah, know? but now there's deers and stuff running. Oh, like, yeah. like I'm used to like, the, you know. <laughs> you always find something, bro. I, I, I'm used to a Chinese kid running across in Brooklyn. But, but it, it, upstate, they got the deer. You got all these animals. You know what's funny that you mentioned that? the other Last week, I came down here. My little brother came to drive me here in the morning. And 
Birds came down pretty low, and then he ducks. He did this reaction. I go, what the fuck was that? What the hell? He's like, you never seen birds before? He goes, I'm kind of scarred. I'm like, what happened? He was driving upstate, and he hit a fucking owl. So ever since that day, he's that's it. When he sees birds get close to the car, he he. he Twitches. These animals don't care. They don't give a damn. They just they fly everywhere. They want to hit everything. (laughs) So yeah. So that's explain to the audience this because a lot of people think it's just you need this Mm -hmm. and you're a comedian. It's you know it's a it's a story. It's a delivery. You know Mm -hmm. there's so much technique into it. Share it to us. Like what is so in when I first started stand up, and it it was I thought I wrote. Everything I was going to say on stage, on paper, and then I did it. And then if one thing went wrong, I was fucked. Because I needed to go by my script. Then with experience, you realize, no. You just need topics. And then the stories will come naturally. I mean, one thing, I I don't like to make up anything. So anything I talk about on stage is just truth. Really? Because I don't like to create a joke out of thin air or something. Because it doesn't come across authentic to me. Right. But with stand-up, it's not... You have to be able to tell the story, keep the audience engaged, you know, and then you have to win them over. Yeah. One of the ladies who, um, who like one of the people I learned comedy from, like about the business and stuff said, the audience can always tell when you're full of shit. So you don't want to get on there and just. Right. And bullshit because people are going to catch it. And it's about adapting. You know, it's like uh, at the Beacon Theater. I got heckled because the kid before me got booed off stage. So it's an audience of like 2,000 people, and they expected me to be like the kid before me. So the whole time I'm dealing with hecklers instead of doing my own set. So you have to be prepared to throw everything out of the garbage. Mm. Whatever you thought you were going to say. Could change in a heartbeat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. What what has been your worst experience doing stand-up? It could have been the Beacon Theater one because that was like a big deal. And then they put the kid in front of me who got booed off because the kid who went before me saw Ralph Macchio in the audience and then couldn't get over the fact that Ralph Macchio was oh, there stop. and just kept on talking about Karate Kid. <laughs> oh my and then God. he got booed off the stage because at that time, Artie Lang was on the show too. So it was all the Howard Stern crowd and they're very crazy. Oh, yeah. So then he got booed off. And instead of bringing on a, like another celebrity, they brought another comedian who no one knows me. So everyone thought... That I could get. So it was like a really big opportunity for me. And then. That was ruined by that. It was ruined. Because I couldn't do anything I wanted to do. But they didn't boo you though, right? No, I didn't get booed off stage. I still got off. But it's just I couldn't do anything I wanted to. Your energy was somewhere else. No, because during my stage, I started kicking out the hecklers and stuff like that. So it's not like I could say, all right, let's just chill out. (laughs) And I'll come back in five minutes. No, I had to just talk. And then everyone's attention was everywhere else. And I couldn't really get them back because I was not the celebrity. And then after me, they had Michael Shea from SNL, that Sherrod Small, all the celebrities who could garner attention, me. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, yeah, it's basically always like that. It's always the audience. Um, they dictate yeah. the show. Yeah. That's so what awesome. was your feeling? And I'm sorry about these questions because I, 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 it's yeah. interesting. The first time you, you went in front of people, mm-hmm. what was the feeling inside you? I wanted to go home. That was that that before any stand up show, I regret doing the show. I wanna go home. Uh-huh. Why the hell do I do this to myself? This is not fun. 
I, 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 I get in a bad mood. It's like no one could talk to me. Before. Not anymore, right? No, now still. up in the, I, I hate it. I just can't stand it. And then when I'm on the stage and the first laugh happens and I'm, I'm there. Right. You get comfortable, right. But it's just... So it's a feeling that never goes away. Yeah, it's like a high. Yeah, but the, the it's that negativity. It's my mother's negativity yeah. that just starts everything <laughs> off. Like, this is going to be horrible. They're going to... Yeah. So what I started saying to myself, like, you're not going to get fired. Like, you're still going to be able to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> right. When, uh, after the show, unless I say something wrong and then, then I get canceled. But, you know, but still. It's been a good run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you later. Have you ever had your family members watch you live? So... My mother came to one of my shows ever. Um, I don't, I don't even remember what she thought. It was one. Of, here's the thing: is like, and it was when I was first starting out. So when you first start, you go to these bringer shows where you have to bring people in the audience to even get on stage. Mm-hmm. And these shows go on for hours because mm-hmm. they bring like 15 comedians, and they all bring people in there have comedians. So my mom went to that, and she was just miserable. No, oh, right? Jesus Christ! <laughs> and, and like my father. My father, because my father was very, he had a big ego. He had a big ego. He he would tell people, I'm no go because he's going to get too nervous if I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, what do you have to do? He goes, you're going to get too nervous. That's it. So I'm not going to go. Then I, I stay home. So my parents, my mom only saw me perform once live. My dad never saw me. My wife always comes. Uh, my sister will always come. But, mm-hmm. you know, just depends. People want me to talk about them that's the, that's the other thing they, they get happy when you talk about them on stage because they want to they want that relate that, that relation yeah, yeah like how everything like because my mother punchata everywhere mm-hmm. she goes my father looks and he goes why are you so miserable mm-hmm. everywhere you go <laughs> and he grabs it uh-huh. and he goes stop it and it's the same <laughs> thing but i'm telling you it's it's crazy how in sync they are yeah. It's just nuts. It's just a negative. Thing. Oh my God. I always say, you can always tell who an Italian is because they have, you know, they say resting bitch face. Yes. Yeah. Italians have resting depression face. So that's, <laughs> that's why you can always tell who the Italians are because we look depressed. We're always on the verge of crying. Like I always used to tease people, like, if you make my, if you made my mom talk long enough, eventually she's going to start crying. No matter what the topic is. You could be talking about ice cream. Eventually a tear is going to come down because she's going to go somewhere negative with that thing. Growing up with Italian parents and Italian home, mm-hmm. did they understand what you wanted to do or it was like a joke to them? The thing is, I never asked for permission for anything. So it came to a certain point where I just did whatever I want to do. Um, my mom hated that. She goes, why you got to tell everybody our business? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what she hated. She hated the videos. And stuff like that because she goes, why you got to tell everybody everything? We have no secrets. And then if my mom fucked up something in front of me, she goes, oh, that, that's it. That's going to go on the video now. <laughs> she used to always be certain. Like if, like if my aunt calls me and then asks a stupid question, she goes, and don't make this into a video now. Oh, shit. So that's it. But I mean, my dad loved Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. So my dad's... Who's that, Maria? <laughs> <laughs> my dad loved him, so... Anytime I came home from a show, you go, hey, Seinfeld, you performing with Seinfeld tonight? I'm like, that the guy does not just coming uh, to perform with me. So that, was, so that was it. I mean, they understood it, but my mom just didn't want me telling anyone our business. That's hilarious. That was my next question that you answered is because even sometimes what we do, mm-hmm. it's like, um, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. Sometimes it's an act. Yeah. I mean, but no, my mom hated anything that I said. 
Because she'd be like, like, why you got to tell him that? And then if I made my fun of myself for being fat, why you got to say that? Why you got to talk about yourself so like that? that? I'm like, but my, I'm fat. But, but still at all. You don't got to say that stuff. You know, they used to get so mad at me. But I'm like, yeah, people like it. No, but yeah, say something nice. I'm like, nice is not funny. <laughs> Are you an only child? No, no, I have an older sister. Okay. Yeah. She got the brains and I just got the funny bone. And that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. What was uh, your favorite thing to do growing up? A hobby? Eating. Eating. <laughs> so I didn't do anything else. I mean, I, I, I liked soccer. Um, my dad brought me to try out for a team once. And then we, they, they made us make a lap. And I got to like the second turn and I pretended to have a heart attack. <laughs> and then Same I left. Same story with asthma. I was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. <laughs> but I told everyone I had a heart attack. That it, like word spread that I saw a kid that one time and he goes, Rocco, you had a heart attack? And I'm like, can yeah. you believe it? <laughs> At eight years old, I had a heart attack in the middle of the soccer field. I couldn't perform. I, I had to leave. So, so I didn't play soccer. So I, that's all I did. I played video games and I ate and then I got yelled at. For going outside. Did you ever get the other for eating too much? That's a thing. They, they kept feeding you too oh, much? It is a, you, I have a video. that, And it's the funniest video I ever have of me. And I, I might have been maybe six, seven years old. Wearing the tightest fucking Ninja Turtle shirt <laughs> ever. It definitely wasn't my size. And I'm sitting there and I have a stupid hat on. And I'm singing the Ninja Turtle theme song, right? While my dad's barbecuing behind me. So... I just can't stop looking at my stomach in this video. And then, <laughs> so I walk over to the window where my mom's throwing out the food to, to give to my dad. And she gives a piece of chicken. So I got, oh, daddy food, the chicken. And I looked at my mom and goes, where's hamburger? Where we, I want hamburger. And then my mom looks at me and she goes, pretty soon you're going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have that video and I'm six years old. And then my mom's like, you're going to blow up. So I'm like, but you guys fed me. <laughs> Like at no point did you guys realize let's relax with this kid. Like maybe feed this, feed his sister more. Stop feeding him. That's hilarious. Well, let me ask you. So since you were always home, you know, like you said, you would eat, play video games and stuff. Did you get yelled at for why you always in front of the TV? Why you always doing this? Why you always in the house? Or was it like you didn't get shit for that? Because I feel like. My parents always mm -hmm. said, oh, you go out too much. You're doing that too much. And then I'm home. Oh, you're home too much. You're in the front of the TV too much. Did you get any of that? Or I got yelled at for no matter what we did. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, Could have solved world hunger and got, <laughs> why you got to give everybody else the food? We need it here, too. You know, no matter what no we pleasing. did, no just, you go outside, oh, stay in front of the house. You go to the corner, don't leave it the block. Over here, don't cross the street, this and that. Listen, I got hit by a car when I was a kid. Oh, right? boy. Oh, really? And I, I was afraid to tell my parents I got hit by a car. <laughs> I told the guy to leave. So the guy hit me with the car. I got up. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just no, leave. Go. You got you to gotta get out of here. You got it. Because if my parents find out, I'm in, I said, get out of here. So then I went home. And I just slide down in bed. And my mom's like, what happened? I was like, no, nothing. I'm fine. And just my leg hurts a little bit. <laughs> Like her, so so then I that had to my my sister told me because no Rocco got hit by a car. <laughs> oh my god! And then I had to go to the emergency room. My father fought with every doctor there. Oh and I was like, god. this is why I don't this is why I don't tell him about anything. So the I car should have just killed me. <laughs> <laughs> why could it just take me? It would have been easier to explain. Rocco's dead. No explanation. That's it. I had to hide. I was like I was like that's how my childhood was. That's I couldn't even tell my parents I got hit by a car. Oh. Jesus Christ. 
So I oh want to go God. back on um, when you were explaining that your mom was giving out food. So since your mom was Sicilian, what what food were you brought up with, like in the household? My mom didn't really cook. My dad was the chef in the house. Really? So oh, nice. you know he cooked. My dad because my dad was one of six kids, mm. and he was the there was only one girl, and he was the baby. So his older sister taught him how to cook. Because my father used to always say, Nonna wanted a girl and she had to me. Right. So like so he knew how to cook and he cooked amazing. So I grew up with Melanzanichine, which is calabres. You know, and then my nonna was Sicilian, but she cooked the pasta farm, no stuff like that. Yeah. The stuff like that. But my dad was the main cook in the house. Yeah. So did your mom ever like tell him, Oh, fire pasta for no? And then he'll be like, I don't want to do that. No, he would go, go ask your mother downstairs. So that's what he would say, because I, I cook what I gotta cook. Because if they wanted it downstairs, and so not my nonna would make that stuff and and the stuff like that. And but the thing was I was I didn't eat the crazy stuff. Like I would sit there sometimes and my nonna would have an entire goat's head. Yeah. Wow. Eating it. And I'd be sitting there, I'm just staring at this goat while I'm eating pasta. He's eating the whole Sucking goat on the stuff. eyeballs and yeah, all. Yeah, and all that, or like a fish. Like my my nonna was a butcher, so like one time one memory I has that they had the lamb, you know. And I had the story where my, my sister was younger, they had the goat for Easter, but it was alive. They took nice. pictures of my sister riding the goat, all that stuff, and then they and killed the dinner. goat. Oh no. <laughs> so Later on, years after, my, my nonna was, you know, butchering up a goat. And he goes, oh, no, look, he takes the lungs of the goat and starts inflating it. <laughs> He's blowing into this thing. And I'm like, what the f-? It's like, why would you want to do this? Then he cuts the tail of the goat and puts it as a goatee. <laughs> and I'm like, then they wonder why Italian kids got to go through therapy. Like, I just walked in the house. Not a hello, not a what do you need. It's just look at the lungs. And then <laughs> so that's why I'm a little nuts. Oh, no. man. So in your in your household, was it sauce or was it gravy? No, it's sauce. Gravy oh, is the, the thing in the jaw. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, get out of here. So we have this <laughs> argument all the time, bro. I just don't know where it comes from. People are like, no, I'm, my grandmother was from Italy and she right. says gravy. I was like, yeah, what year she came here? I don't know. <laughs> they don't know. No, and he keeps saying the same thing. I get that all the way. Well, my grandmother from Italy said it. I'm like, then she's been wrong over there, too. I don't yeah. know the fuck you want me to tell you. How do they pronounce it, though? Uh, Gravel, gravel. 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 No, no, no. They say, oh, no, suco is, is, is thing. I'm like, you guys made that up. I'm yeah. like, the, the Webster didn't say that. You know, yeah. Webster's dictionary. Stupid. People are nuts. It's sauce. It can never be gravy. Thank I you. know. Did your dad ever make, because um, I know Calabrese mm-hmm. are known for sausages. Oh, yeah, soprazzata. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that. We, we, I have some in my trunk right now because I'm supposed to bring <laughs> some to some people. So I have, That's yeah, so funny. Because my dad made it every year. My dad's Facebook was a was a, a dedication to soprazzata because every, really? every, he had albums on his Facebook. Soprazzata 2020, 2016. <laughs> soprazzata 2017. And it's always a picture of him with a soprazzata oh. in the house. My father had this picture on his Facebook is sort of him holding soprazzata. Jesus. So we made it every single year and then when he passed away the year after I made it with my mom, and then I didn't know how to make it. I mean, I know how to make it if you get me the stuff, but I had nowhere to... Here's the thing. I know how to make it. I had nowhere to hang it. <laughs> That's the biggest problem. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have a garage. My basement's not good enough to do the smoke. Right. Yeah. So I'm making it actually in a few weeks with my sister. So nice. I'm, oh, I'm going nice. to replenish my supply. Oh, definitely. That's the problem. Soprasata, you make it for yourself in reality. But, but you end up just giving it to everyone else. I know. Everyone comes to you. It's like, oh, you got more soprazzata? And that's what everyone wants you. 
My, one of my good friends took like, Alibrez, and every time I go, I'm like, where's the Super Sada? Yeah. It's, they make it so good. It's a currency for us. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to like us, so we wouldn't bring a Super Sada. That's how we get into the Instead door. Instead of a yeah. just bring the Super Sada. <laughs> I, remember, I remember for my wedding, we gave out bottles of wine instead of bomboniere. And it was such a, no, what are you going to give something? I'm like, I'm not giving people something to put in the china closet. That's it. We're not doing, I'm not doing a bottle opener. I'm not doing this stuff. Right. Just give them a bottle of wine and then they throw it out. <laughs> but that wasn't good enough. No, no. It was an argument. I had to convince people. <laughs> you know, I sit down, have a, you know, a town square, town hall Jesus. about, about justifying the bomboniere. With, with your wedding. With your own wedding. Of course. Because that I it's paid not for. your wedding. Yeah. It's everybody else's wedding. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you Love can't it. sit there and then Love it. It's a headache. <laughs> this is why we, this is why I do comedy. It's easier, it's cheaper than therapy. Oh, it is. Just, just talking all this out. So your your material, uh you said when you do stand up, it's about anything but related to you or anything that's related to today's day? Anything through my eyes. So it can be something you know, that's going on, but it's it's through my opinions, my upbringing and what I see it as. You know, um, I don't like because I don't like to talk politics only because immediately it separates the audience. Yes. You know, everyone has an opinion on that. So yeah. if you're going to lose half an audience already by just saying one word, it's not worth it. You know, so I try to talk about me like my entire stand ups me like it's it's me talking about me. You're laughing with me and all that stuff. So I control it. I'm not going to make anyone upset. But you don't. It's well, well, you'll upset them somehow. Oh, I'll you'll offend. I'll offend somebody. Oh, yeah. But the way I look at it is too, because growing up as the fat kid, you got bullied, right? right? And then I always said when I'm doing stand up, I said, "Listen, if I do a better job making fun of myself than you can, then then I'm not gonna do anything." Tell me something I don't know. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Rocco, we want to thank you for giving us this time with you. Um, let everybody know where they could find you, your next show again. Well, you can find me, Rock of the Comic, everywhere. There's social media. Um, you can find me locally at the buffet. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, just I have a show coming up in March, but keep in touch on uh, social media, and I'll let everyone know where I'm anywhere. Sounds great. Well, thanks thank again. You. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.